sponsors on FM, on AM, online, on demand, and on video. We are where you are. The Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe is here now. Walking in the sunshine, sing a little sunshine song. Put a smile upon your face as if there's nothing wrong. I'm too cold to whistle, Howard. I was thinking I'd Think about a good time had a long time ago. Think about forgetting about your worries and your woes. Walking in the sunshine, saying a little sunshine. Yeah, I was sitting here thinking that, man, I wish there was sunshine that would go out and get get to warm up a little bit, for heaven's sakes. Uh, roaming around freezing everywhere, 32 at the airport, 32 at the Highlands, 32 at Elm Grove, about 31 here at the Watchdog Radio Network Studios. Uh, apparently no sun outside. going to be a cloudy day most of the day. Might see little patches of sun, according to Adam Fike, but daytime high around 36. But it's cold right now. i got my cardigan sweater on, and that's helping me a little bit, but it's cold. Yeah, if one of those uh, good good old boys out there was going to drop some firewood off to the homeless, maybe drop a load off here for us at the <laughs> Watchdog Radio Network, Howard. <laughs> we can start a little fire in the hallway. Build a fire, hell yeah. yeah. It's better than freezing. One of the owners right now just went, what did he say? What did they Fire! <laughs> <laughs> we got to warm up somehow. You said your hand, you can't even move your fingers. Fingertips is rough in here. Sometimes i got to blow my hands, Howard. You are, um, I mean, not only is it cold, but you you have a cold. You have a flu kind right. of thing. So that makes it 10 times worse. Not good when you're freezing, your stomach hurts, your head's pounding, Howard, and in, in, in your. <laughs> that doesn't matter as much because you're so damn cold. <laughs> 32, as I said, pretty much across the board. Uh, daytime high around 36. Uh, sunny over the next couple of days, although Adam did say we might see some light snow coming in tomorrow night. I think it was into Thursday morning. Temperatures will roam in the 30-ish or so, maybe around 40 throughout the next uh, several days. Matt Robeson coming up in a minute or two. We're going to talk with him about, uh, uh, well, really the whole the whole Donald Trump story, but really presidential politics. Um, I have a new poll out, a couple of new polls out, actually. Um, and, Bob, they're showing something you've been saying for some time. The public just uh, – they don't want Biden. They don't want Trump. don't want either one. And, and I don't want to burst your bubble on your poll because I think there's a third choice. I don't think he'll be in a j- jumpsuit, and I don't think he'll be on 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. I think he'll be at Mar-a-Lago or somewhere like that. I think he'll be out of the picture. The um, And how would that – I'm – how would that happen? What do you think? They're just going to say you, you cannot be president yeah. again, and uh, he'll accept that, and they'll say, do you want us to let you off the hook here, or do you want us to see how far we can go with this, or do you just want to go away? And I, You and I have talked about that in the summertime. That's probably that. We both want that. In we don't the, want him in jail. In, and, and you know what? Despite that a lot of my left-wing colleagues, oh, I can hardly wait to see him in an orange jumpsuit. I truly don't want to see that. I, I really don't. Um I just don't want him ever to be involved in politics again, and I want him to keep his mouth shut, which may require surgery. But that's a whole different story. Uh, it is interesting, though, because to your point, I believe all, if not most, if not all, of the other Republican candidates for president right now, you know, Nikki Haley, Chris Christie, and so on, they have all said if they are president— and if Trump is found guilty, they would pardon him. They would pull a Gerald Ford. They would pardon him. And I would probably concur with that if if it would get you know if if the if the whole if the final resolution was getting Trump out of the game, just out of the game. I don't I don't really I know some of you are going. Hey, he's got to be taken to jail. He's got to be 
you know, and I don't even, maybe he could be found guilty and then pardoned. Yeah, we want a guilty verdict. You know, because then it goes on the record. But um, uh, I, I think, I believe I saw this weekend, almost all of them, if, if not all of them have said, if he were to be convicted and if they were to become president, they would pardon him. And it's hard to keep score, Howard, because the muddy, uh, the, the water becomes so muddied. But let's remember, a huge blow when they took away his businesses in New York City. Yes. And if he can't reverse that, that and he will say, wait a minute, okay, they took away this, they could take away from my freedom. Well, and I, and truthfully, I think he worries more about his businesses being taken away than he does about the criminal charges. Yeah, I mean, but I would start paying attention. Again, I, his ego is as big as the building that we're in right now. But again, I think when it when it dawns on him that uh, uh, Trump Towers, all that stuff is gone, and he will say, man, they, they mean business. Maybe I just need to keep what I've got and just go away. Yeah. And it pretty much is gone already. I mean, well, he still has Florida. They right? got it. Well, and he still, he still technically has the the, the judge in uh, New York has ruled that he that his company was a fraud, and it will therefore probably likely in the end lead to losing his business. That's what part of the trial that's going on right now is to figure out how much does he have to lose. I think he loses everything. I think he loses everything. And again, I think that probably is a bigger concern to him than. Uh, than losing the presidency. And I bet uh, he just hasn't got a wink of sleep. Uh, I'm talking about uh, Rudy Giuliani. I mean, ask well, him, is this serious or not? <laughs> yes, exactly. Or, or uh, although, you know what? You know, one of the, uh, the um, West Virginians who, was, who pled guilty to the insurrection, Derek Evans, if you remember, he, when he's in front of the judge, he's, oh, I am so sorry. I have learned my lesson. I never should have done that. I never should have invaded the Capitol, blah, blah, blah. And now he's running for Congress. And, man, I get email from him every day, you know, trying to raise money. Uh, we have to take back our country, basically kill the leftists. Um, That's you, Howard. Yes. You sure you want to have him on? Yes. I don't know. I don't think I do want to have him on. <laughs> we might uh, want to stuff up security around here a little bit. <laughs> but, I mean, the, the, my point is that, you know, there is still this 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 anger out there among certain groups. And one of the things we'll talk about in a minute, I need to get a break and get Matt in here. But, um, one of the things New Poll is showing is that Trump's, and this is critical, Trump's supporters may not be large. They are large, but, they're, but, but maybe not as large as we think. They're enthusiastic. On a on a scale of one to ten, they are ten in terms of wanting to see him back in office. Yeah, but Howard, they got so much money in the game that they have to ride that out. Again, it's probably still 50-50, maybe shifting a little bit more unlikely, but they really have nowhere else to go. I mean, if it's going to work out for them, this whole thing has to turn around with Trump. Matt Robus and I will kick this and other stories around coming up next here on the Watchdog Morning Show. It is 9.15 on a Tuesday. Hi, it's Hoppy Kirchival from Talkline on Metro News. In 2023, we talked with and about the biggest newsmakers in West Virginia, among those U.S. Senator Joe Manchin. Everyone says, well, Joe, are you running? Only thing I'm running for is to save this nation. Oh, you know, Manchin's going to be big news in 2024 as well. So keep up with all the news in West Virginia. Talk line weekdays at 10.06 right here. 
Attention Ohio Valley neighbors. Are you ready to embark on a journey to find your perfect home sweet home? Meet Kelly Kent, your trusted companion in the world of real estate. Step into a world of reliability, trustworthiness, and integrity as Kelly takes you by the hand to explore the possibilities waiting for you in the Ohio Valley. Kelly Kent isn't just a salesperson slash realtor. She's a devoted community member dedicated to enhancing the lives of her neighbors. With a heart for service and a passion for creating lasting connections, Kelly is here to make your real estate dreams come true. Do you have an elderly family member looking to downsize? Kelly specializes in seniors real estate, ensuring a seamless transition to a home that suits your loved one's lifestyle and needs. Kelly Kent understands that a home is more than just four walls. It's a place where memories are made and dreams come alive. Kelly Kent, turning keys, opening doors, and welcoming you to the home you've always imagined. Call today and let the journey begin. Call 304-559-8501. This is Kelly Kent from Cannon and Cannon Realtors. Robert D. Kennan Broker, and I just want to say, let's go Knights. Last year, they took on the NFL and beat the spread. This season, they plan on doing it again. If you want to cash in, tune in every Saturday morning from 8 to 9 for Good Old Boys on Sports with Bear and Bob here on the Watchdog Radio Network and the All Sports Saturday Morning. Good Old Boys is all we'll ever be. It's the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. On air, online, on demand, and on video. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. Well, you know what? The show is about to begin. We've been talking for a couple of years about the presidential election. We've been talking for most of the last year about the U.S. Senate race in West Virginia. The governor's race is kicking up. Uh, Coming up soon in the local area is the new race for uh, Wheeling City Council and Wheeling Mayor. But, Bob, now we're into January. Filing deadline, filing uh, begins next Monday. Now everybody who has said they're going to run has to put up or shut up beginning next Monday. And they have a month to do that, and uh, then we're really, then we're off and running. We're off to the races, or or whatever. I invited our old friend Matt Robeson to join us here at the start of the year to kind of do a little overview of what we might see of the presidential race coming in this year, in particular about Donald Trump. Matt is a former campaign consultant, former congressional staffer, podcaster, broadcaster. Uh, He does a lot of uh, online work, uh, writing for uh, Newsweek and some other online magazines. And he's here with us this morning. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Howard. Happy New Year. Uh, How was your holiday? It was excellent. I have a very important technical question for you. What is the statute of limitations on wishing someone a happy new year? When, when is it no longer socially acceptable to do that? I think you could wish, I'll tell you what, I think you can wish happy new year a significantly longer period of time than you can wish someone Merry Christmas. I agree. You know, Merry Christmas, you know, you know, a couple couple of days after Christmas, it's like, okay, yeah, yeah, thanks, but that's done. New Year's, you know, at least a month, maybe, you know, it's still good to say Happy New Year. You could do that, I think. So I guess you could do it all year long. My, um, I've been telling the audience this morning, I I don't make resolutions and my mottos, two of them. One of them is to uh, stay alive till 25. I think that's a good motto. (laughs) (laughs) Aim high, Howard. Yes, indeed. And the other is to do more in 24. 
while. That's your your rhyming and alliteration is uh, it's brilliant. It, yeah, it's well, actually great. Yeah, well, then one of my listeners texted me and said, "Actually, get Monroe out the door in 24." So I. <laughs> Well, that's stretching it a little bit. I actually, I love those. Mine is, I go through this annual exercise when I'm sending out my holiday cards. I do some on paper and I do some electronic. And my electronic is sort of a, uh, it's a compendium of people who have been important to me in my life over the last several decades. Oh, boy, I feel old. And (laughs) what I found is, gosh, there were a lot of people who were like really in my inner circle that I, I now send a card to, but I'm not really in touch with. So my goal for 24, I'm not going to say resolution, is I want to reconnect with and stay in touch with the people I enjoy spending time with in my life. And I'm going to put you at the top of the list. Uh, my goal is I want to I want to keep hanging out with you on the radio. Well, we'll do that uh, more. Well, now that we're, we're in the presidential year now, and we do a lot of presidential talking, and of course other politics too. So yeah, we'll make a point of uh, of chatting a bit more. I want to talk a lot about what what Trump's year is likely to be like. I want to talk about the Fourteenth Amendment and presidential immunity and Supreme Court and so on. But before we get to Trump specifically, let's ask this question. Will the election be Biden and Trump? Is that actually what we're going to see? You know, a new AP poll came out uh, beginning of last month. 56% of all adults would be dissatisfied with Biden as the Democratic nominee, and 58% of all adults dissatisfied with Trump as the Republican nominee. So any shot that the two of them will not be the nominees? Well, I would have said that there was a glimmer of a hope that we wouldn't have Trump a little bit more before Nikki Haley went and said at a New Hampshire town hall that she couldn't put her finger on what the cause of the Civil War was. Can't, it's, it's a word that begins with S. Can't, can't remember what it might be. Um, easiest question in American or perhaps world history. Um, that, that seemed to be a little bit of a momentum killer. I do think that it's overwhelmingly likely. The thing that we keep having put in our faces over and over again over the last few years is, well, we've never seen fill-in-the-blank before, but now we have. Like, we've never seen an insurrection before, but now we have. We've never seen a former U.S. president get indicted before, but now we have four times on 91 counts. And there is some historic precedent, uh, obviously the 1968 presidential race, for both an incumbent president um, and an overwhelmingly unpopular nominee, Richard Nixon, kind of shooting up late or dropping out late. So it could happen. And we have unprecedented factors at play here, including the legal calendar. Uh, It still looks overwhelmingly likely, but we are now in a stretch of history where, you know, we've, we've never seen these things before until we do. And so is it possible? Yeah, it is. It is possible I just, if I were going to bet a load of money, I would, I would put it on Biden and Trump. Uh, Biden is uh, got a lot of Democrats nervous, um, a lot, uh, and things have gotten a little bit worse in recent months because of the Israeli situation and uh, some of the the uh, pro-Palestinian groups that maybe had been in in uh, Biden's corner beginning to fray a little bit about Biden and some other issues have come up. There's the continuing. Uh, attack on his mental acuity by the right wing that seems to be taking hold. Um, a lot of Democrats, and I'll be honest with you, Matt, I'm one of them thinking, man, I wish we had somebody else. Well, I think if we had somebody else, this is 
I'm not going to make you feel better, Howard. I'm going to make you feel a little bit worse. I think if we had somebody else, we'd be in the same basic position. I'm not sure that Biden is the biggest problem here. I think the biggest problem we have is structural, that we've entered a phase in the American political battleground and, and dynamic where things are pretty locked in and we are balanced on a razor's edge between the two parties. And I think the outcome of the 2024 election is fundamentally unknowable, and it's going to come down to all kinds of factors that we simply cannot predict. I mean, I'm not trying to do the audio version of doom scrolling here, (laughs) but in 2016, if 78,000 people out of the 300, what do we have, 70 million in the United States, if 78,000 people had voted differently in just three states, Hillary Clinton would have been president. In 2020, if only 45,000 people had voted uh, against uh, Biden in, in, in three states and voted for Trump, we would have had Trump again. 45,000 people. And there are only five states, five states that have switched their selection for president in the last two elections. 45 of the states have voted the same way in the last two presidential elections. 95 out of 100 senators are from the same party as the presidential candidate who carried their state in 2020, and 94% of our House reps, same deal. And so what it's really coming down to is five, maybe up to eight states that are going to matter, and probably on the order of tens of thousands of voters and their decision to show up and their decision on who they vote for. That is the razor's edge we're on. And so just to bring it full circle, Yes, I'm not thrilled about Biden's current standing in the polls, but I will tell you now that if it were Gretchen Whitmer, Jared Polis, Gavin Newsom, or Kamala Harris, I think a lot of this is baked in, and I think we'd be in much the same position looking out ahead to November 2024 and a fundamentally unknowable result that depends on very volatile factors. And all of this ties into the deep divide in this country. You know, we have the left, the right, and a tiny sliver, really, that goes down the middle of those five to eight states you talked about. Uh, it's because, you know, the, the reason that every state votes the same way every time, or most every time, is because we have just become so divided. West Virginia is a red state, and we know where we're going to go, and there's not a shot in Hades that anything's going to change in West Virginia. Same thing is true in many other states because of this division that we have in our society. And also, uh, Matt, to some extent, because of the the ability of the right-wing media in particular to create an illusion of distress for Joe Biden, for example. I posted a piece on my Facebook page last night from the Washington Post. E.J. Dion wrote a piece about the fact that every economic, and you've written about this, I think, as a matter of fact yourself, every economic number is good. Not just good, it's very good. Consumer confidence is high. Retail sales were up uh, in, in, in uh, the holiday season. And yet, there is this um, Eeyore-type attitude among the American, oh, woe is me, things are bad. And in point of fact, they're not. And yet, they've been convinced things are bad. Absolutely. I mean, retail sales are up 3.1% compared to a year ago. And that is in line with measures of consumer confidence. We've just seen a surge, the most since 2021. 
Americans are spending money. They're feeling optimistic. When they tell surveyors how they feel, they say, we think the economy is getting better. We think we're going to have we're, we're going to see a better labor market and we're going to see an improvement in inflation. The numbers bear that out. Core inflation um, only rose 0.1 percent in November, a, a total of 3.2 percent, a very, very moderate amount um, over the past year. And so all the numbers bear that out. But we're in the middle of what some wags are calling a vibes session and People are telling pollsters that they think the economy is worse, worse than at the height of the Great Recession, yeah. which is patently untrue. But yet, yes, I mean, I think we're vulnerable to the blowhards on Fox News who are constantly yelling at us. And look, I'll give you one more example. The FBI crime statistics just came out and violent crime is down. Murders are down 13 percent. Um, in many cases, to their lowest levels that we've seen in 60 years. But that ain't going to be what you hear on Fox News, I'll tell you that much. No, that's that's exactly right. And that is, you know, that's part of the problem. Uh, some, now, I, I want to throw a quick caveat in here before I get a text from some of my uh, listeners who say, well, but, you know, not everybody is doing well. I understand that. Stock market doing well. Consumer confidence doing well. Inflation is, is being tamed. All of the things you just talked about. I understand that there are still people who are having trouble. I, I get that. And when you are having trouble, the, those other numbers don't make any, any difference. But taken as a whole, taken as a whole, the economy is doing well. Um, and that's and that's part of the problem. Matt, before I take a, a news break, and then I want to spend the second half uh, talking about Trump and his particular problems, what about the possibility of a third-party candidate? There actually are third-party candidates already in there, but what about the possibility of a, of a significant third-party candidate like RFK Jr., or Lord help us, like our very own Senator Joe Manchin getting into this game? I would never uh, rule out any outcome anymore. Um, that would be foolish. So, it, you know, if, if you're asking what about the possibility that they could win, I would say, sure, anything's possible. You know, it's the Lloyd Christmas line from Dumb and Dumber. You know, it's one in a million. So you're telling me there's a chance. Sure. Right, exactly. There's, there's a chance. Now, anything is possible. They could write anything. me in. They could write my name in and I could win. That's possible. It's pretty unlikely. Yeah, as, as the philosopher Kevin Garnett once screamed, anything is possible. Um, but, I mean, the, the much higher likelihood, unfortunately, is that one of these candidates could exert a tremendous influence on the outcome in a bad way. And that's and that's the concern. And that's my concern. A third party candidate's not going to win. I mean, I can't see that, uh, despite the fact that I know Joe Manchin and I have had this disagreement, actually. But I don't think a third party candidate can win. uh, uh, But but they can make a huge influence in the election. Absolutely. We saw it with Gary Johnson, 2016, getting three percent of the vote, um, likely tilting the outcome. Um, And Jill Stein in that same election her votes alone probably swung Wisconsin against Hillary Clinton uh, of the three states that made up that triumvirate of 78,000 votes that turned the election. So absolutely, and we're seeing RFK Jr., Cornell West, um, their their vote share in polling is accounting for a, a reasonable chunk. Now, look, again, I'll just reiterate, 
that it doesn't matter. Good news, West Virginia, your vote doesn't matter. Do what you want. <laughs> it, it does not matter. I, I'm not trying to encourage people. What did MTV used to do? Rock the vote. Unrock the vote. Um, do, do whatever you want with your vote. It won't affect the outcome because it's in the bag. Uh, it only matters if you happen to reside in one of five, maybe eight um, special states. And uh, there it matters a heck of a lot. And so what you really what we're going to want to keep an eye on is polling in those states and how third party candidates are doing there. And I hate to say it, but it, it could be a real factor. And, um, you know, we could have a real Ralph Nader moment here where we really rue the existence of Cornell West on the ballot or, or RFK Jr. on the ballot in, say, Pennsylvania, if things go south for Biden. There. And we do need to point out, uh, we talk about RFK Jr., we talk about Joe Manchin, if, if Manchin were to get into this. Um, and, um, again, he keeps saying he's not going to, and yet everything he talks about seems to suggest that he would have an interest in it. Um those names would be significant. They could draw significant numbers of people, not winning numbers of people, but significant numbers of voters. I say that because we begin with, as you just said, there are already a couple of, quote, third-party candidates or other candidates out there. I think Marianne Williams is running again. Is she not? I'm trying to think who else is. There, there are a couple of others that are already planning to be on the ballot. Uh, they'll be small, but they're there. Then you, if you were to add in an RFK Jr. or a Joe Manchin where he to get into it, or someone with more heft, that would that would simply amp up that uh, the votes that would go away from the main candidates, and that could make a huge difference. Right. They, what's probably happening is, you know, I've talked about this with some of the major on my show on Beyond Politics. We've we've talked with experts who are tracking these third party candidates and no labels. The group that's courting Joe Manchin, and you know what these what the approach that they make to people like Senator Manchin is, well, look at the polls. There are so many what are called in the polling industry double haters. They, they don't like Joe Biden. They, they don't like Donald Trump. And that, you know, look, there's a big opportunity. The reality is there's not a big opportunity. The, the third party vote isn't sitting out there. There's not a candidate who could garner it. I actually made a case in Newsweek. Maybe if The Rock ran as a third-party candidate yeah. right now. Like maybe he could draw a more significant share of the vote. But, I mean, Gary Anderson in 1980 got like 7% of the vote nationally. Ross Perot, I think, got up to 20 and, and, and probably did tilt the election against George H.W. Bush and Fort Bill Clinton. But, no, there's, there's no path. There's no path there. All you can do is be a spoiler and introduce right. another factor of randomness into 2024. And I don't think that's something that anyone is relishing. All right, I need to take a break. When we come back, Matt, I want to talk specifically about what what will 2024 mean for Donald Trump? Is he going to jail or back to the Oval Office? Or is there some other option out there for him? And what will the Supreme Court do when they get issues like presidential immunity and the 14th Amendment uh, questions? Uh, let's talk about Trump when we come back, if that's okay with you. Sounds great. Matt Robeson is with us here, uh, among other things. His podcast is Beyond Politics. You'll find it wherever poli wherever uh, podcasts are found. And we'll talk more about other ways you can listen and read Matt coming up in a minute or two. But right now, let's go to the news desk of WTRF-TV, the Ohio Valley Newsroom staff this morning by Taylor Long. 
Good Tuesday morning, everyone. I'm Taylor Long with your 7 News headlines on this January the 2nd. A traffic update for you this morning, starting today until February 17th. A portion of Badger Run Road in Tyler County will be closed for slip repairs and pilling wall installations. School buses will follow a different route. There are alternate routes you can also take. For those on the site, use Porter Hill Drive or Oil Ridge Road to Route 2 or Willow Lane to West Virginia 180. Or if you're heading south of the site, use Badger Run Road to West Virginia 18. Since sports betting became legal in Ohio, calls to the gambling helpline have risen and stayed high. In January last year, the helpline got almost 1,400 calls, up from 456 in January of 2022. The 24-7 access to sports betting via mobile have raised concerns, despite no direct link to the increased calls. But a network executive director says it's a cause for concern. He says PGNO wants to begin collecting data on ease of access to sports betting for minors throughout the state. He says the Ohio Problem Gambling Helpline is available 24-7 for individuals or loved ones affected by problem gambling. And Ohio has a new increased minimum wage, and it's now in effect. Ohio's minimum wage will be $10.45 per hour. That starts now. It's an increase of $0.35. Cents. The minimum wage for tipped employees increases by $0.20 cents to $5.25. Ohio's minimum wage is going up because of a constitutional amendment passed by voters in 2006. It stated that Ohio's minimum wage should increase on January 1 each year due to inflation. Ohio is one of several states increasing their minimum wage in 2024. And listen to this. The legendary author of old is paying a visit to the friendly city. Mark Twain will be stopping by the Ohio County Public Library today at noon if you want to stop on over. That was a look at your headlines. Have a terrific Tuesday. I'm Taylor Long working for you. What our children believe is just as important as what they know. In the Catholic schools of Ohio and Marshall counties, we believe faith, knowledge, discipline, and morals are more than just words. They are something unique that we practice in our classrooms every day. We challenge our students, not only academically, but in a way that enables them to grow into productive, faith-filled adults, an experience you can only find in a Catholic school. To find out more, call a Catholic school near you. Live and local. Every weekday. With 10,000 watts of total power. On WKKX and WVLY. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Walk right in. Sit right down. Daddy, let your mind roll on. First bumper music day of 2024, and Bob Slider has chosen to give us fun music that we like for our bumpers today, and done a pretty good job of that. Walk right in, sit right down, Daddy, let your mind roll on. We are at uh, 9:38, 22 to the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show, still roaming right around an even freezing 32 degrees. Let's see a uh, couple of texts off the Frio Stack Auction Service text line. I think Bob, this is meant to be. A criticism. I think this is tongue-in-cheek. Howard, you surely are entertaining. You're actually amusing. I don't think they really mean that. I think they're, that's kind of a backwards compliment there. 
Well, maybe not, Howard. Maybe they're actually thanking you. You think you think I'm entertaining them? I think so. All right. Uh, I'm not going to answer this question because this person wants to know specifically where we are so they can come and find us. I'll tell you where I'm at. <laughs> I'm, Come find me. I'm, I, don't, I just, I just would rather, rather not, not. I don't know what the point of that is. All right. Um, oh, oh, I see. I think they're going to bring us firewood. You talk about bringing oh, firewood. Okay. okay, I think that's what this is all about. All right. Matt Robeson is with us. Matt is the uh, is a uh, political consultant, a political commentator. We talk to him frequently about matters uh, on the national scene, and today we're talking about. The presidential election of 2024, it's now really in the home, well, I won't say home stretch, but we're now in the real, real race. And I wanted to talk, Matt, a little bit about today, um, Donald Trump. Uh, we've obviously talked about him almost every day or frequently. There's a lot of stuff going on with Trump. But some of the issues are, are kind of coming to a head right now. Let's talk about the 14th Amendment just for a minute. Up until past couple of weeks, uh, of the states who have been who have had the 14th Amendment question raised before them up until a couple of weeks ago, uh, they all have basically said, no, we're not going to, Trump is not going to be disqualified because of the 14th Amendment. But we now do have two states, one from a Supreme Court in Colorado, the other from the Secretary of State in Maine, who are saying Trump cannot be on the ballot. Is the 14th Amendment going to catch hold? That's really hard to say. Say that it's a major dilemma. And then there's a distinction uh, that you just drew there that I think is really important. In Colorado, it was a judicial ruling. In Maine, it was the Secretary of State, Jenna Bellows. I actually go back like 25 years with Jenna. She's been on Beyond Politics uh, before. I actually reached out to her after her ruling, and I was like, look, you're the most popular political person on, in the world right now. Why don't you come on my show over <laughs> everyone else, uh, and we'll talk about this. Um, she's a little busy right now, so uh, but yeah. I, I still want people to subscribe to Beyond Politics because maybe we'll get her in uh, the next week or two. I'd like to talk to her about this. I mean, I will tell you that Shenna is one of the most rational, uh, linear thinkers, organized, extraordinarily intelligent people that I've ever worked with. And so do I, Matt Robeson, trust Shenna Bellows to make critical decisions? I do. But as a system matter, as a process matter, I think the question, to your, to your point, that's going to come before the Supreme Court is, should the secretaries of state be empowered to make these evaluations? Now, the plain language reading of Section 3 of the 14th Amendment seems to suggest, and this isn't me saying this, this is very educated, uh, high-level constitutional scholars, conservative constitutional scholars, Michael Ludig, um, a, a federal appeals court judge, a, a staunch conservative, saying that this language, which bars people who have been engaged in insurrection from holding office, is what they call self-executing. Mm. You don't need anything else. It just, it just stands that any state has the power to determine that someone who's done that can't appear on the ballot. And indeed, Neil Gorsuch, Supreme Court Justice Neil Gorsuch, in earlier opinions when he was a federal appeals court judge back in 2012, has written in other cases that states can make these determinations when it's constitutionally clear that someone is ineligible to hold office. 
And that that decision has been cited by the Colorado Supreme Court in making their determination that Trump can't appear on the ballot there. So there is an argument that he is going to be that he should be based on just a, a plain language reading of the Constitution that he should be barred from appearing on the ballot. The, the counter argument that that, that, oh, go, go that, yeah. that that goes to the point that some want to make is well, how can you claim that because he has not been convicted of, of insurrection? Well, that's not really what, as you say, a lot of legal scholars say. This this is a self determining clause in the Constitution. It doesn't require a conviction. It doesn't require a conviction in the courts. It requires a decision made at a state level of some kind. That's that's exactly right. Now. I do think that there is an opening here, and I, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm at least curious about the argument. It, it resonates with me, th- this argument that there should be a judicial determination. Um, what, what makes me, I think, a little bit uncomfortable, as much as I want Donald Trump, I mean, I want the guy blasted into space, you know, like I, I don't want him anywhere near the ballot, but... As much as I, I feel very strongly about that, it does make me very uncomfortable that my old friend Shenna is the one. Now, she's a lawyer, so that's good. But, you know, there are lots of secretaries of state in this, in this country who are not attorneys, who could be in this position of making this determination. They're certainly not judges. They're actually appointed. They're not elected in, in Maine. They're uh, appointed by the legislature. Now, that's good, you know, because you have people that the people have voted for making that decision. And again, I trust Shenna personally. Like, I would happily put her in charge of many decisions in my life. But do we want a, an extrajudicial proceeding? to make this determination. And, that and, does make me a little bit uncomfortable, Howard. I, 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 gotta admit. I hear where you're coming from, and yet I actually feel more comfortable with a Secretary of State making this ruling than a court, and my philosophy is this. It is the job of your chief elections officer, generally Secretaries of State. I don't know if other states use different t- titles, but your chief elections officer, that person's job is to determine whether someone meets the qualifications or does not. Do they have enough signatures on their petition? Are they of proper age for the office? Do they live in the right district, um, et cetera, et cetera, that whatever the qualifications for the office are? It is that person, the chief elections officer, who determines qualifications. Therefore, I feel comfortable in seeing the Secretary of State say, um, I have read the Constitution and I am of the belief that he is not qualified. I think that's exactly where the decision process ought to be, more so than the courts. All right, as Sam Jackson said in Pulp Fiction, allow me to retort. I actually, <laughs> I like your argument very much, although that didn't go anywhere good in Pulp Fiction, so no, that's right. I'll yes. drop that one now. <laughs> um, in the cases that you just alluded to, where secretaries of state are making findings of fact, they're very obvious findings of fact. Uh, the, the case that is being cited in these legal rulings in Colorado that Neil Gorsuch himself wrote was about whether a candidate for president was a citizen of the United States. The individual in this case was not and therefore was plainly ineligible to assume the office that he wanted to run for and could be excluded from the ballot. An earlier case also cited involved a 27-year-old man who wanted to appear on the ballot to run for president, not eligible to assume that office. And that's a simple determination of fact. 
In this case, what we have is Shenna making a determination. I, sh- I should call her Secretary of State Bellows, but um, we have Shenna making a determination about a, a finding of fact, a pattern of facts. Did Donald Trump engage in an insurrection? Now, obviously, he freaking did from my standpoint, but I'm also not a court. I'm not a court of law. There is no due process involved. And I have some sympathy for the argument that if this were being heard in a court, as it will be, there would be an opportunity for Donald Trump to introduce evidence for his attorneys to cross-examine witnesses, to know what the evidence is that's being held against him. There would be access to the full sheaf of evidence, which the January 6th committee had, but Shanna perhaps did not. And so at some point, this will find its way to the Supreme Court and they will give some sort of indication of who has the authority, if anybody has the authority, if the 14th Amendment even holds here. Matt, I want to take a break because I want to ask you the ultimate question when we come back. Donald Trump, 2024, does he go to jail or back to the Oval Office, or is there some other option? And I want you to think about that and give me an answer when we come back here on the Watchdog Morning Show. To dine in the Ohio Valley, think first of the Highlands with a full array of quick service choices from McDonald's, Wendy's, Five Guys, Taco Bell, Jersey Mike's, Jimmy John's, Chick-fil-A, or DiCarlo's Pizza. Or you can dine in at Eden Park, Promonte Brothers, Texas Roadhouse, El Paso, or Quaker Steak and Lube. Whatever your family's in the mood for, you can find it just off I-70 at the top of the hill. The Highlands, dining, shopping, entertainment, and lodging. A serious injury from an accident can be just the start of your worries. What if you cannot return to work? How do you take care of your family if you're disabled? At Gellner Law Offices, we represent seriously injured people and understand their problem. We know how to get you fair compensation. We will work hard to make sure you get the money you deserve for your losses. Don't go it alone. If you're hurt in an accident, call us at 304-242-2900 or visit us at gellnerlaw.com. We'd like to help. Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas, everyone! Santa here! And I've got a special message for you this holiday season. It seems some folks have found themselves on the naughty list this year, and they're in need of a little extra help. That's where my friends at AAA Tri-State Bail Bonding come in. When life puts you in a tight spot, call 304-233-5959 to make sure you're home for the holidays. We know that sometimes good people find themselves in tricky situations. That's why AAA Tri-State Bail Bonding is spreading joy and helping you get back to celebrating the season with your loved ones. Information, interviews, debates, and discussion, plus an occasional rant with Bob. Behind the board, this is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. You've been around for such a long time now, or maybe I could leave you, but I don't know how. And why should I be lonely every night when I can be with you? 
Nine till the hour here, Watchdog Morning Show. Coming up tomorrow, State Senator Ryan Weld in studio with us. Going to talk about the two bridges in the northern panhandle uh, between Ohio and West Virginia. They've been closed down for, uh, they're not up to snuff. One thing they get open, one of the concerns about that, Senator Weld will offer some thoughts on that and preview the legislative session coming up. And then on Thursday, Bob Heron is in here as well. Right now, I'm talking to Matt Robeson. So, Matt, the ultimate question I have is, at the end of this year, when the election time comes, or uh, when the year is over, will Donald Trump be in jail in the Oval Office, or is there some other option for him? What's your opinion? Uh, if I have to choose what's more likely between those two, I'd say it's more likely that he's president than that he's in jail. You think, you, think into the, you think he will win the election and therefore be, be, continue, be president once again? I'm just saying, but he, yeah, between those two. If I had to pick just one. You know, I'd, I'd, go, I'd go president over jail because I think there's too many bar- – like, you know, you got to get through the legal calendar. That's no sure bet. And then he's got to get convicted. No sure bet. And then the, uh, ju- the judge has got to decide we're going to send a former president to jail. Um, and I think all three of those, you know, it, it, it makes for an unlikely course. And he's got, you know, maybe a 50-50 shot of being president again. That's, that's just the reality. So higher likelihood. If I was, uh, if I thought Donald Trump was a normal-thinking man, I would suggest that he would try and find a way out of this box, uh, and just say, "Look, I'll agree to not be president, you know, whatever, uh, but I don't want, I don't want to run the risk of going to jail." Um, and then there's the possibility that, you know, I, th- I believe all of the other Republican candidates, and if not all, most of them have said they would pardon him. If he were to be convicted and they were to be elected, he would they would pardon him. Yeah, they've also said that they would support him if they were the nomin if he were the nominee, which just goes to show, I mean, on top of Nikki Haley's pandering to Southern white racists, um, you know, the other day with refusing to name slavery as the cause of the Civil War, just what a dire state today's Republican Party is in. The um, the reality is that uh, even though we have not even hit filing, well, I don't know if the presidential filing deadlines have come or gone. I'm talking about local, but really we don't even file for office yet. Uh, so we're just really beginning. There's a long time away between now and Election Day, maybe not primary day, but certainly Election Day. A lot of things could happen. Uh, Trump has got all kinds of you know legal issues to try and resolve. Supreme Court's going to have to be getting involved in a couple of these issues, like the Fourteenth Amendment, like presidential immunity, and um, uh, you know, will Biden find a way to recover from the malaise that seems to be surrounding him? There's a lot that could happen between now and Election Day. Absolutely, and that's why I go back to the beginning of our conversation, and I think that as much as if I were listening to this, I would want to hear some reassurance that Biden will pull through. No one can give that. Anyone who's selling that doesn't know what they're talking about. There are too many factors that are fundamentally unpredictable and unknowable for us to make any confident determination. I do agree with you that there are some big dates coming up in the next two months. You know, and look, I I think what we can look at is that dynamic that I spoke to a few moments ago, the double haters, the double right now, Biden in polling has a four-point lead with voters who dislike both candidates. That's going to be a critical measure to watch. We get that voters are sour on Biden. They're sour on the state of the economy. They're sour on the state of the world. I'm with them. I'm not thrilled with the way things are in the world either. But that's not the question. The question is, if it's Biden and Trump, who are you going to vote for? Right now, that's advantage Biden. 
And that's a huge deal. So that's what I would keep an eye on going into 2024. Well, we'll talk a lot more about this as time goes by, Matt. Meanwhile, people can follow you on Beyond Politics. You do some writing online. Blue, blue, I always forget that, your YouTube channel. Blue Amp. Blue Blue Amp on YouTube. Blue Amp on YouTube can find you there. And I appreciate your time today, as always. We'll do it again soon. Thanks so much, Howard. Have a great new year. Till we right. talk again. You too. Matt Robeson, former political consultant, campaign consultant, and uh, congressional staffer with us here. Brenda Danehart is here. She is the news director of the Big 7, WTRF-TV. Bob Westfall, I think, has a little vacation time coming. He told us he was taking times off. But good morning, Brenda. How are you this morning? Good morning, Howard. Happy New Year. And same to you. We were discussing earlier... Is there a statute of limitations on Happy New Year? I think, like, about two days after Christmas, you got to stop saying Merry Christmas. But we can keep on saying Happy New Year, right? Well, you can. Yeah, you can. I always do it, like, two two days. I'm, I kind of do go with that, that little uh, self-imposed rule myself. I'm like, <laughs> a couple of days, by Wednesday or Thursday, I'll, I won't say it anymore. But since I haven't talked to you in so long, I wanted to say Happy New Year to well, you. Happy New Year to you as well. You've had uh, an interesting holiday season. You had some time off. You had uh, family. Yeah. And you just looked like you had a really fun holiday. Yeah, very, very nice. How was yours? It was good. It was great. You know, family is uh, family is around all the time. Family and food, you know, Brenda, that's pretty much what I'm... <laughs> get, get I, I'm kind of with you. I'm kind of with you, yeah. That's, that's what we did all the whole entire time, so it was very nice, and now uh, Bob is enjoying some time off, so we're happy about that. Well, let's see. What are you working on today at Channel 7? A couple things we're working on. Um, the Paula Metzler pretrial hearing is today. That was one of the, the worst animal abuse cases, according to officials, um, and that's in um, Belmont County. Um, not sure exactly what's going to come out of that, but we'll uh, we'll check on that one. Um, over the weekend, we did a little bit on Ignite Hope's charity event, and it is just really around the corner. It is the 13th of January, first-time event. I don't know if you're aware of, of that or not. I am not. Um, Okay, Ignite Hope is the group that was created last year. Um, Stacy Gilson is leading the way with several pastors, area pastors. It's just a wonderful group. I'm I'm pleased to be involved with them. They um, are increasing awareness of human trafficking and what it looks like here in the Ohio Valley. Obviously, is not what it looks like all over the country, but right. there is human trafficking right here in the Ohio Valley and and in the state of West Virginia and Ohio as well. So we are we are taking a, a look at their charity event. We did. A little short piece on this weekend, and today they're going out to the White Palace to kind of outline what where all of their um, you know the, their booths are going to be, and just just get the whole plan for the charity event, a first time event um, underway. So we're going to go out there with them and do a little little more in depth piece on that, and then also what else are we doing today? I'm seeing that the commission is meeting um, tonight. We did something with um, oh we're going to do something with the professor of West Liberty um, about Ukraine in the stance of Ukraine right now and, you know, with, with Congress debating on whether to give more funding. Where, where is this war right now um, and where does it stand? So he's going to give us a little insight into that as well. All right. Sounds good. People can check things out always at noon, 5, 6, 10, 11, 5, 30, the region-wide show. Of course, at the award-winning website, WTRF.com, and always with the Storm Tracker 7 app and the news app on your smartphone or tablet set for push notifications, and then we become aware of things as soon as they happen. Absolutely. Well, you have a, yourself a great day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, Brenda. Appreciate Alrighty. it. righty. Bye-bye. All right, that's it. My friend, how are you feeling? Any better or not? I'm fine. You're doing good? All right.
heading over to uh, ABC covering the world. And then it's uh, Hoppy Kerchival with Statewide Talk Line coming up next. I didn't get a chance to see what he's got coming up, but I'm sure it'll be good start of the year stuff. Tomorrow morning, Ryan Weld with us, among other things. I want to get into the homeless situation, maybe more back to the Bill Johnson story. I didn't do that today. Um, and your texts and your calls anywhere along the way. See you tomorrow morning, 7 o'clock, right here.